Educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome to Hump Day. We made it to Wednesday. Um, so glad you chose to tune us in here on this lovely early December afternoon. My goodness, 509, Wednesday, December 6, 51 degrees. Man. We're living large now, boys and girls, and we're still counting up. We're still stripping off minutes uh, of daylight every day. Every every day I come from downtown over to the studio, it gets a little darker. But uh, anyway, a few more weeks of that, and then we'll start adding some time back on. Anyway, welcome to the show, Truth Over Tribalism, Principles Over Partisanship. Uh, I tell you, we got a jam-packed show today. Coming up in just a moment, uh, the inspiring story of Mr. Lanny Boswell, who's president of the Lincoln Board of Education, uh, and Dr. Paul Gossman, superintendent of LPS. Uh, so we'll join those gentlemen. We'll join us in just a moment. Um, but I'll start with just some personal news. Uh, uh, 10.15 this morning in a hospital in Austin, Texas, uh, my baby had a baby. So how about that? Uh, and I know some of our listeners uh, know some of my kiddos. And so congratulations to Gabriella and Will. Um, so how about that? Uh, get to do the grandfather thing. So uh, anyway, exciting news uh, in the Parsons family. But before we get any further, say hello to Mr. Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire. It's uh, it's been a day. <laughs> I'm surviving. <laughs> you uh, had a long day, Johnny. It's been a long day. Uh, I went to take a nap between between <laughs> jobs. It was meant to be 15 minutes. It was longer than 15 minutes. But I'm here. I'm in a good mood. Congratulations on the new grandchild. Let's have a good show today. Thank you, thank you, Johnny. Yeah, because Johnny filled in for Caleb this morning, I guess, on the morning show. So uh, pulling double duty. So, uh, but anyway, we're delighted that you chose to uh, tune us in. Let me introduce our guests. Uh, uh, Dr. Paul Gossman, superintendent of Lincoln Public Schools. Uh, Dr. Gossman. Good evening. Good evening. Congratulations, Gramps. Thank you. That's awesome. You're sharing with me in the pregame that you might have a little one on the way. Might be a little little Gossman coming along, and we're kind of excited about that. That'd be our first. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Mr. Lanny Boswell, who's uh, president of your Lincoln Board of Education. Lanny, welcome aboard. Thank you for having us on the show. Absolutely, Lanny. Well, let me set this up, because I know a lot of people in our audience and in the community have been following Lanny's story, uh, it's, and it's an inspiring story. And I, uh, Lanny and I go way back. And, but in October... Lanny was diagnosed of cancer of the tongue in the oral cavity, uh, which meant he lost his ability to speak. Uh, and surgery removed his tongue and voice box. Uh, but the Lincoln Board of Education president uh, now communicates with text-to-speech, uh, an application on his cell phone. And he even does that while running the LPS board. And in fact, I, you made a presentation this morning at uh, the Lincoln Chamber Coffee. That's uh, the big event once a month of all the public officials make reports. And, and uh, so anyway, Lanny, uh, uh, we're, we're all uh, rooting for you. And I know you've had some, uh, some treatment. So anyway, uh, I'm proud of you as a friend of the battle that you've uh, in, uh, that you're involved in and uh, the difficulties of overcoming challenges in life. So, well done, my friend. Thank you. 
Yeah, yeah. So give us give us a little update on on the medical uh, situation because I know you've gone through some treatment and so. I recently completed radiation therapy and I am currently working with a speech language pathologist on swallowing and communication. Very good. Yeah. I am working with a physical therapist for swelling in my neck due to lymphedema and for some jaw issues. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. Um, that is. Uh, you know, and none of us expect to go through something like this, right? I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's the, um, you know, it's life. And uh, we make adjustments, and, uh, but I'm just so proud of the work that you've done and the ability to continue to perform your job. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Paul, uh, jump in. What's yeah, it been you know, like? The, the word I would use is hero. You said inspiring. Yeah. And, and Lanny, would, you know, interesting that you mentioned the new grandchild and, and such because uh, every time I'm with Lanny, I get to see a new photo of the reason he's fighting as hard as he is yeah. and doing what he is doing. And, and I learned early in my tenure here, I'm, in my, I'm about 18 months into the position here, uh, that this board is serious when they say, all means all and we try to find ways for all of our students uh, regardless of their life situation to you know to have that opportunity for success and Lanny is modeling that from the board president's chair I think he missed two two meetings Hmm. when the diagnosis came in but that is it I mean from there on all committee meetings all I mean public events like you talked about it's just absolutely incredible uh, because I, I, you know, and I know that that's very fulfilling for him just because he's a friend as well. But but uh, I don't think a lot of people would have had the courage to do what he has done. In, and, you know, as I thought about it driving over here on a live radio show yeah. with no voice box. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Lanny. Jump in anytime you I want. I use an app called Speech Assistant on my phone to select words and phrases. My phone is connected to a Bluetooth speaker I wear on my shirt. My app and speaker are a form of augmentative alternative communication, or assistive technology. Currently, there are over 600 LPS students who use some type of assistive technology, including over 200 early childhood students. Yeah, just think of the technology advancements that just a few years ago, how difficult that would have been to continue to try to just ordinary life let alone in a position like you have lanny it is and it's you know i know that our students don't don't live for the next board meeting and don't watch all board meetings (laughs) or anything but but to have our students see him because it's not just board meetings it's public events and celebrations at schools to see lanny managing that uh as a leader and the 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 prime leader in terms of the board president position uh is so good for our student population and community Mm -hmm. yeah I am so grateful to my board colleagues, the team at LPS, everyone in the community who have been so supportive as I navigate these challenges. Yeah, well, because we don't know. I mean, through adversity, none of us know how we're going to react. And it doesn't surprise me, uh, Lanny, that this would uh, be your chosen path of of success and fighting uh, because I've known you and that's who you are. But, yeah, uh, Paul, you make a good point because, Lanny, you've always been, since you took – since you were first elected, you've been very active. You're always at events, uh, see you all over town, and, uh, and you haven't stopped doing that. So good for you, yeah. Uh, Paul, uh, yeah. jump in. 
Uh, well, I was just going to say, he's taught me so much about just Lincoln. You know, I, I, as I said, you know, I've been in here about 18 months in this position, but, but Susie and I, my wife and I, uh, are on our third trip. <laughs> through Lincoln, and so, uh, but the last time Susie and I lived in Lincoln was 25 years ago. So a little change, a whole lot has changed since then. And Lanny has been just, you know, invaluable in terms of teaching why things are done a certain way and and how we got to the location we are, and you know, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we're going to get back to sure. uh, talking about some of those issues after we take this little break. So, folks, come on back uh, with Dr. Paul Gossman and Lanny Boswell after these quick messages. Come on back. Listening to the Dan Parsons Show on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. And welcome back. Hello, there we are. That mic works just fine. I had fine. you going crystal clear through <laughs> Doctor Paul's mic. <laughs> oh well, welcome back uh, to the Hump Day edition of the show. Uh, let me tell you what's coming up uh, after the news break at five thirty-six. Mister Aaron Sandiford, political reporter for Nebraska Examiner, uh, the independent nonprofit nonpartisan newsroom here in the state so we'll talk a little politics with mr sandiford here coming up uh, later in the show uh but in the meantime we're visiting with dr paul gospin superintendent of lincoln public schools and mr lanny boswell president of lincoln public uh, lincoln board of education so very good gentlemen appreciate it very much and paul uh when we have met uh, the last uh, few months and i've gotten to know you a little bit uh, we've kind of bonded over music. Yes, we have. And uh, I'm a fellow a percussionist. Correct. Uh, not quite as accomplished uh, as, as... Well, we don't know that. Well, no, we don't. We need to have a drum off we on do. air sometime. Yeah. I, yeah. I told you, we, we, uh, I, could, I, I was going to bring my little cajon, and we yeah. could have done that today, yeah. but I ran out of time. But Maybe we bring a cajon, I'll bring a djembe or something, yeah. and we could just do a little jamming. Yeah, we could. So we'll do that. Next time you're on, I guarantee you, we'll do <laughs> okay. that. Um, and Lenny's played drums before, too, so... Hey. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and jump in, Lanny, uh, if, whenever you like. I'll judge the drum off. <laughs> there you <laughs> just go. Judge it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's got the skills. That's right. And and by the way, that uh, intro music uh, of ours, uh, a little bluesy mm-hmm. uh, thing that I picked out, because that's kind of my go-to is blues and jazz. Yeah. yeah. So. Anyway, well, when I'm retired as a school superintendent, I am then going to become the drummer for Journey. Oh, so I've, that I've got my life's path set out for me. I, they just don't know it. I mean, Journey doesn't know this yet, but <laughs> you I'm, could easily do that. Yeah, I don't stop believing. I've I've heard you play, so I've heard some <laughs> stuff. So, well, I, well, let's talk about a few uh, LPS issues, uh, Paul and Lanny. Uh, I know uh, enrollment is uh, is a topic that you've been talking about. Talk a little bit about high school enrollment. Yeah, so the, really, where we've been talking about high school enrollment is at our new Lincoln Northwest High School, and you know, you were very involved in the bond issue. Yeah. And, and things like that. And the decision was ultimately made to build two high schools instead of one. We really needed one 2,000-student high school, but because of where the students were located sure. and the other high schools, we built two 1,000-student high schools. And in its second year uh, of operation, Lincoln Northwest is approaching its number of, you know, in terms of being full enrollment-wise at, at that 1,000 or a little over 1,000. So recently the board has shut off uh, it transfers into that school okay. without, a, without a separate process for that. Lanny, jump in. If 2024-25 ninth grade enrollment matches this school year, Northwest will approach 1,100 students. 
As a result, the board is proposing that next year Northwest will be closed to transfers for students in 10 to 12 grade. However, as is true of all of our high schools, any incoming freshman will okay. be able to select Northwest High School for 2024 minus 2025. Okay. And that's that's unique to Lincoln, not one well, maybe not only Lincoln, but most school districts don't allow that where you really can go to any school you want in this community and and also the focus programs and the career yep. academy um, school choice is alive and well in Lincoln. And uh, yet there are times where we just have to put some systems in place so that so that we balance out uh, student enrollment and attendance at, at each of our eight high schools. Well, as a as a as a parent of a former uh, LPS three LPS uh, students, uh, two graduated uh, from the entrepreneurial program, and right. so I I deeply appreciated that because uh, those those two entrepreneurs are still entrepreneurs yeah. and and uh, they got a great education. Yeah, you know we have eleven focus programs today. We've got nineteen pathways in our career academy out in partnership with yeah. Southeast Community College. We thank them for that partnership. Uh, and everything. Every time I see something great happening in Lincoln, uh, particularly Lincoln Public Schools, it's almost always in partnership with another agency or entity. Um, Lincolnites, I have learned on this trip back back to town, uh, really do best when they work together on projects and serve students in better ways. Well, and Lanny, you talked about that. two days ago. LPS, Duncan Aviation, and the Boys and Girls Club celebrated the new addition at North Star High School. The addition will house the aviation and technical education focus program, along with programming space for the Boys and Girls Club of Lincoln and Lancaster County. Hmm. This program is another example of LPS partnering with our local businesses and nonprofits to maximize programs and ensure the fulfillment of the district's vision of preparing its graduates for college, career, and civic life. Yeah, and you talked about that at the Chamber Coffee this morning, Lanny, and, and, and that's a continued theme in this community of how we do work together, both private and public, or private and uh, private, public-private partnerships. Right. And uh, here's a, just another example of that. Like the Career Academy, what's exciting about this program is that it includes the local business community and prepares students for jobs right here in Lincoln. That was quite the celebration the other night at North Star, where Johnny Cadillac graduated. Uh, and, uh, you know, here, here I stand as a superintendent in one of our eight high schools in an airplane hangar yeah. that is created for students to learn about aviation, about technical education, about manufacturing. I mean, it's not just an airplane hangar, if you will. Uh, and we started the celebration with the pep band, so it's evidently a performance venue as well. Nice. I, it was really, uh, really a wonderful celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got a few minutes left here, about three minutes, and so uh, I don't want to cut off any uh, topics that you guys want to talk about, uh, so keep it going. Uh, you know, I just, so what happens uh, when we fill these uh, schools? I mean, this city continues to grow, and... Uh, uh, it's, an, it's, it's an exciting time to be in education in this city. It does. And, you know, one of the things Lanny's taught me is that we grew 8,000 students over the last 10 years. And that's just mm. enormous growth. Uh, however, when you look at live birth rates, uh, particularly coming out of the pandemic, we're probably going to hit just a little bit of a plateau for a okay. while. I don't think we'll shrink. I mean, our enrollment at official count date this year was down point. 
0.04. I mean, you know, we really are level yeah. uh, right now, and I suspect we'll grow again. But I don't think in the near future, like the next five years, we'll grow kind of like we had that past decade. So it will get us into the place where we're able to use the facilities as well as we possibly can uh, and get us engaged with the community so that we can figure out what is next uh, for the growth in the community. I didn't prep you this, but I'm just curious. Sure. How's teacher recruitment? How are we doing with the... You know, one of the things I learned in coming back here is Lincoln is a destination district oh, for, yeah. for staff members. I mean, I, I personally wanted to work in Lincoln a couple of times and went and worked somewhere else because of, of positions that may not have been open, but... But I'm thankful to be back this time around, and I was a band director here in Lincoln for a while. Uh, oh, and, you were? And, okay. Yeah, Lincoln Northeast. I was a rocket. Nice. And uh, uh, we really are doing quite well compared to many of others uh, in terms of teacher staffing. We've got openings, though, for people that drive vehicles, for people that okay. uh, uh, serve as paraprofessionals and some food service workers and those sorts of things. So we're not immune from the you know, human resources challenges that everybody experiences right now. Uh, but as it relates to teaching staff, we've, we've got work we can do, but, but we're stronger than many. Yeah. Lanny, any, uh, you, you, any, any uh, parting words as we get ready to uh, wrap up this first half hour? Uh, appreciate it very much. Thank you for having us on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Paul Gossman, thank you, Doctor. I'm so honored to be on your show today. Absolutely. Thank you for we'll, the opportunity to let Lanny and I come on and talk about the good things that are going on in the district. We'll do it again. All right, folks, that's the first half of the show. Come on back. Aaron Sandiford, Nebraska Examiner, after you hear the news on 1499.3 KLIN. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Educating. Informing. Entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the Wednesday edition of the show. We're delighted that you stuck around. Hey, how about that? How about that Lanny Boswell? I tell you what, what an inspiring story. And if, uh, if any of you out there know Lanny, uh, it, it's not a surprise that Lanny has responded to this challenging health condition uh, that he's found himself in. And so, uh, anyway, uh, that was a great conversation. Thanks to Dr. Paul Gossman and to Lanny Boswell for joining us. Uh, we'll, we'll have those gentlemen back. Um, uh, and, by the way, uh, follow us on X and Facebook accounts for the Dan Parsons Show. That way you can uh, continue the conversation. If you want to uh, give some kudos to uh, to Lanny, uh, I would uh, be able to pass those along to him. And so, anyway, I just uh, appreciate you following the, uh, the social media channels. And uh, if you miss anything, if you missed that uh, interview with Dr. Gossman and 
uh, Lanny Boswell. You can always find us on your favorite podcast platform any darn time you like. Uh, the Spotify, the Google, the Apple, all of those. Or you can just go to KLIN.com and scroll down on the Dan Parsons page, find the episode you're looking for. Uh, let me tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, it's the Lincoln Business Roundtable, as we do every Thursday. Uh, and it's Jeff Mall's uh, turn tomorrow from Visit Lincoln. And uh, Jeff is bringing with him special guest, Mr. John Ricks. Uh, John is the executive director of Nebraska Tourism Commission. So that'll be a fascinating show. I hope I hope it will be fascinating. It has the potential to be a fascinating show. So um, anyway, join us tomorrow for that. Well, it's my delight to welcome on to the phone line Mr. Aaron Sandiford, political reporter for Nebraska Examiner. Paul, uh, Paul, <laughs> Aaron, <laughs> I, I've had your colleague Paul on here and your other colleague, Zach. So anyway, Aaron, welcome back to the show. Hey, it's glad to, glad to be here, and I just want to congratulate uh, a new grandpa uh, on what has to be one of the joys of life. Thank you, Aaron. It's pretty darn cool. Uh, uh, yeah, I was um, uh, I've, I was told I couldn't share any pictures. You know, uh, Gabriella is a, is a graduate from the University of Nebraska College of Journalism, and uh, so she uh, she runs her shop pretty tight. Let me tell you that she <laughs> she told me while well, her husband told me, "Hey, we're not sharing any of these pictures uh, publicly yet." So anyway, I've seen the little guy and. Uh, and uh, but yeah, thank you. It's uh, it's kind of odd uh, being uh, at this stage of life, uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. My only regret regret is uh, uh, they're all in Texas, uh, but yeah. hey, I get to go to Austin often. I get to go back for Christmas and meet my grandson. Hey, so. there are worse places to spend the winter every <laughs> once in a while. If you got to go visit, I'm I'm sorry, I'm going to have to do this show remotely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in February. That's, that's what I need to figure. That's what I need to figure out. Johnny, we'll just hit the show or hit the road and and go to Austin to do the show for a couple weeks. I mean, I'm up for a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Aaron, uh, uh, I am delighted to uh, welcome uh, Nebraska Examiner onto the show on a regular basis. We had Paul on uh, recently. Paul Hamill, uh, senior reporter for Nebraska Examiner, and Zach Windling, uh, reporter for you guys, and so I. Appreciate it very much for you uh, joining us. We're going to do this on a regular basis because, as you you've known me for a while, Aaron, and and I've uh, you know uh, through my day job, I've relied on members of our uh, news media in Nebraska to help uh, tell my clients stories through their years. And I just uh, I just uh, have a passion, and I was trained as a journalist as well, but um, I, I just have a passion for. Uh, the profession of journalism and how important it is to our culture, to our community, uh, and to our state. And so I really appreciate uh, what you do. And uh, so anyway, let's talk politics, my friend. Oh, yeah. Glad to be here. And and just so your listeners know, one of the main reasons I actually am working on a podcast now of our own uh, is because you handed me and my colleague Paul a beer and talked to us about (laughs) politics. And, you know, once you start with the premise of pints and politics, it's hard to go back. I mean, it really just is. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, that's exactly uh, what we did. If, uh, that's been a couple years ago now, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, something like that. But yes, uh, my uh, my podcast uh, experience has uh, led me to uh, this broadcast experience. And so, uh, but yeah, uh, the pints and politics, we used to have guests on and drink beer and
and talk issues, and you and Paul were kind enough to do that. And um, well, and Paul got to co-host uh, my Friday afternoon club, and we also drank beer. So uh, <laughs> there seems to be a theme here with me and you and Paul. And uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, you just need to talk him into making salsa, and you're going to be. Oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah, yeah. Well. Um, uh, yes, we last had you, uh, according to my notes, uh, on the show back in August, and and uh, so yeah, we want to do this on a regular basis. But uh, one of the reasons I I want to continue to have these conversations uh, with the Nebraska Examiner is uh, next year is going to be a, a pretty uh, wild year for politics, uh, not only in the country but here in Nebraska. And so uh, you uh, you, in my view, uh, you are. Uh, you're following those political races very closely and, and uh, have done it for years. And so I just want to get your perspective. And I know our listeners are interested in that. So, so let's dive in. Uh, you know, I Absolutely. saw, I saw today that, uh, uh, speaker, former speaker, uh, McCarthy is, uh, has decided he's going to hang it up and leave, uh, leave the Congress, uh, later this year. It is really interesting to watch because it's kind of a continuation of a, a theme of, of narrow Republican speakerships being uh, derailed by uh, internal divides in that party um, and, and folks just deciding, you know, to head for the exits. You know, the, the, the populist strain in that party does not um, – tolerate a lot of dissent mm-hmm. uh, in some in some instances. And, and so uh, a lot of folks like McCarthy have learned the hard way that um, they either follow what that group wants or they find themselves with less power pretty quickly. But uh, in this case, it's a little surprising because he had just criticized, I think, in September, another member for quitting. Hmm. Uh, and so a lot of folks didn't expect him to quit. And here in Nebraska, I mean, I know Don Bacon, uh, the representative in the Omaha area, has been a big McCarthy ally. And uh, he, he kind of took some criticism for standing up That's for McCarthy right. in that speaker's fight. And now now he's left uh, without a wingman. Uh, a pretty powerful wingman that's now gone. And so it's kind of a changing of the guard in the House. And and if I read it right, you're seeing that Republican majority narrow even further, which will make uh, Speaker Johnson's job even more difficult. Yeah, we're visiting with Aaron Aaron Sandiford from Nebraska Examiner, political reporter. And Aaron, uh, the story I read is, uh, yeah, McCarthy is leaving uh, at the end of the year. And so there will be a special election. Of course, he's from California. There'll be a special election, uh, but the governor, uh, the Democratic governor, gets to make that appointment. And so, um, you know, do the numbers. And we just lost, uh, uh, you know, they just kicked out George Santos a couple days ago. And so there's they're down one there, and that's in New York. And so that'll be another Democratic uh, appointment, I believe. And so they're losing numbers. Um, and, and they only have what a majority of four the way it is. And if you lose two more, that that's what's really surprising to me uh, as uh, the body in general of that really tight majority uh, is getting thinner. Yeah, I, I honestly, given the divides in both parties, I don't think either party really wants to take a shot at leading with a narrow majority that gets even narrower. I mean, I think that gets really ungovernable because you're handing, almost like you did in the Senate for a while there, you're handing one or two members so much power that they can 
hold everything up. And and that doesn't always work the best for the country. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think for most of us who don't follow this on a regular basis, uh, and I say us, I'm not in that group because I'm a political nerd uh, as you are and, and follow this stuff closely. But um, it, it's I think for the, the common citizen out there who maybe doesn't live and die uh, with politics, uh, it's it's it really is frustrating to see uh, the dysfunction in government and the ability the inability to to get things done and and as you point out that's only going to uh, continue to to be that way uh, with a divided government right and and it's and that it's happening you know it's it's part of a broader divide among Republicans in particular even in Nebraska um, where you see you know some folks in the um, in, in the current uh, county leadership of the party in Sarpy County, pushing mm-hmm. for a challenger for Bacon uh, in District Two, uh, while he's likely to face uh, State Senator Tony Vargas from South Omaha um, in that general election. But you know they're having that divide is strong enough that in some ways they're turning on their own a little bit, uh, trying to figure out what what a Republican is now, and that makes it a really really interesting year uh, but but we're not having the same kind of primary challengers that a lot of us expected i mean you and i've talked about this when donald trump came to nebraska and called for someone to challenge don yeah, Bacon, yeah. Uh, in 2020 I, I i figured we would have someone in that race by now yeah and yeah. The, the fact we don't tells me that he's probably not likely to face a a first tier challenger yet yeah. i mean we could be wrong but who yeah. knows doesn't look like it yeah uh aaron if you can hang on we're going to take this quick break and come up come back and i do want to talk about some of those political races here in nebraska absolutely all right folks hang on come on back uh, with me and aaron we'll continue to talk politics come on back you're listening to the dan parsons show on 1499.3 klim and welcome back to the Wednesday edition. We're delighted that you uh, stuck around. We're visiting with Aaron Sandiford, political reporter for Nebraska Examiner. And uh, man, uh, uh, Aaron, did you uh, uh, did you catch the women's basketball game? <laughs> I saw that score. I, I told someone. I told someone today. I think it might have been Paul that that was a, a country butt woman. I, I hadn't seen anything quite like that. And, and and if our listeners remember, uh, your dad, of course, uh, coached uh, the women's uh, basketball team uh, for a quick minute. Uh, uh, had some success here, and so yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm used. I'm used to being around women who can kick my butt. <laughs> yeah, because you grew up with that. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, my babysitters were bigger than your babysitters. <laughs> I love it. That's really cool. Um, well, anyway, back to politics. Uh, a, a, a landmark year in politics uh, in our country, in our in, a, in our state uh, next year in 2024, and things are starting to pick up. So, uh, let's handicap in the last few minutes we have here, uh, Aaron. Let's handicap. Well, I don't know about handicap, but let's discuss uh, some of those races, if you don't mind. Sure. I mean, honestly, the the, the big ticket item uh, for most folks is going to be that Nebraska is going to have the rare time where you're going to have both Senate races up in the same year. Uh, the departure of Ben Sass for the University of Florida means that uh, Pete Ricketts was appointed to the Senate and um, there is already a Republican challenger in that GOP primary, and John Glenn Weaver. Who oh, that's a right. Lot of your listeners, a lot of your listeners remember from that first district uh, race against Mike Flood that's and right. Jeff Fortenberry. Yep. Um, 
um, when he got around in, in, in that. And, and obviously there's a little bit of a primary there. Um, and then uh, there, you and I both heard rumblings that there may be a candidate on the Democratic side in that race to announce come first of the year. I keep hearing that. I keep, uh, yeah, but haven't seen anything yet. But uh, yeah. Right. And then there's obviously the race you, you, you know a little bit about, mm-hmm. uh, the Deb Fisher race. Uh, that's our traditional uh, 2024 race, yep. the six-year term uh, that Dan Osborne, the, the, the Omaha labor leader, mm-hmm. uh, is running as an independent at. And, and I keep hearing that the Democrats are likely to, to back his candidacy. Um, and, and if that's the case, if there is no Democratic candidate that files, you know, you and I have both seen some polling that, that indicates an openness to a third-party candidate that maybe hasn't been as present in Nebraska unless you studied a little history and remember that populist streak. Exactly. I mean, it's, uh, and yeah, for transparency, I've done some consulting in that race. And, uh, uh, but yeah, that's a fascinating, uh, that's going to be a fascinating race because around the country, there have been occasions in the last, uh, you know, handful of years of independents running for the Senate and having some success. Um, now, none of them have necessarily had enough success to be elected, uh, but uh, there's been some, you know, the Kansas, uh, Alaska, uh, and maybe some others that I'm forgetting about. Uh, there, there seems to be more and more of an appetite uh, around the country for uh, candidates who are not affiliated with either of the major parties. Right. And the biggest the biggest challenge there is just the bottom line. I mean, Osborne has done a decent job raising six figures already uh, from what he says. But the the Fisher campaign is sitting there with two and a two, two, two point three, five million in the bank. And and probably because of her status in uh, the Senate leadership uh positioning, she can probably call on Mitch McConnell or some folks in that Senate uh, leadership group in the Republican side to fill those coffers as needed, although they probably don't want to spend any money on Nebraska. Traditionally, they would not have to. That's right. In in recent years, that hasn't uh, hasn't been the case of any <clears throat> serious challengers on the uh, to any of the Republican candidates. But uh, yeah, right, right. One of the one of the strangest things I keep running into is I think we all expected more challengers to file. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, even like in the first district race, I've still not heard good reliable information about a Democratic challenger yet for Mike Flood. Uh, I've not heard whether Adrian Smith in the 3rd District is going to get more than a token challenge. Um, I I haven't really heard much um, on the the Senate side um, uh, about Ricketts getting Mm -hmm. someone who's well-funded to his right. I mean, I know there was talk of Charles Herbster for a long time, and, and there's been some efforts uh, by some in the party to try to find someone who might run. But, I mean, you and I don't know many people with pockets that deep. You'd have to have some pretty darn deep pockets. But, yeah, the Herbster, uh, and, and that talk has died down. I'm not uh, I'm not plugged into that camp, but, uh, um, yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, uh, Congressman Flood real quick. And, and Congressman comes on our show uh, on occasions, uh, on a regular basis, and uh, uh, you know, and traditionally, when you have a new uh, 
congressperson uh, elected, you typically, that is typically when you see a challenge, a, a serious challenge. Uh, but you're right. We've, I've heard rumors, as you have for months now, uh, but none of those have come to fruition of anybody stepping up and filing to, uh, to challenge Congressman Flood. Yeah, the strangest thing there is I think he's had, I think this seat in particular has had two straight times of having a credible Democrat run. Yes, yes. And both, and I mean, in Patty Pansing Brooks and um, uh, even before that. And, and, and what, what I keep looking at Kate is, Bowles. Kate Bowles, State Senator Kate Bowles. Well, she ran, she ran against Fortenberry, right? Oh, yeah, no, but she ran, but I'm saying in that race. In Correct. That first district in race, that first, race, first what, district, what you, yes. And 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 what what what's what's been a challenge is the way that district is drawn. Um, the rural areas come in so strongly Republican that it just overwhelms what Lancaster County mm-hmm. can do on the Democratic side. Mm-hmm. And and it's really hard. You know this from your time in politics. It's really hard to convince someone to sign their name on the dotted line to go raise money and <laughs> put in the effort if they're fearful that it doesn't matter as long as that D is by their name, yep. whether they can win. Yep. And, and I, don't, I don't know. I think they can in that district over time as it changes, but I don't know if now is the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about uh, Congressman Bacon's race. Then uh, he does have a serious challenger on the Democratic side, uh, a rematch uh, with uh, Tony Vargas. Or well, we expect that that will be the matchup. That definitely looks like it's headed that direction. And and to be frank, I I think that's going to be the tightest race in the state yep. again. Yep. It typically is, but I think Vargas Vargas's people really genuinely believe that having the presidential election turnout will help the Democrat yes. more than it does the Republican. I believe I that. They, I, I think it's possible, although <laughs> 2020, uh, Bacon, there were a lot of Bacon-Biden voters. And and so yeah. I'm not sure, I'm not sure if that crossover happens again in that way. Uh, I know that the, I was talking to someone from the DCCC uh, today about that race. And one of the things is that they think they're going to spend a lot of effort in trying to to talk about what Bacon says versus what he does. Yeah. And so I think there's going to be a big effort to go after him. Yeah. I just don't know whether the Republican Party's divided enough yeah. to make that happen. Yeah. It'll just be interesting to watch. Aaron, we're out of time, my friend. Thank you, my friend. Hey. Yes, and I hope your I hope your listeners, if they want to follow us, it's NebraskaExaminer.com. We're glad to be on this show and happy to talk to you. There it is. All right, folks, we'll see you tomorrow.